Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay, and if you don't know me, I'm a survivor of narcissistic abuse in a queer relationship, and I am here to validate and support others who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Obviously, I'm here for my queers, but everyone is welcome here. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the day that I broke up with my abuser. A lot of people have been asking specifically about what that looked like, and um, yeah, I think it's time to dive in. Okay, so I remember this day like it was yesterday, but the weird thing is that the actual day we broke up doesn't stand out as much in my mind because so much happened between that day and then the day that I actually left and the day that I went no contact. I've talked about um, some of that in previous episodes. It's just kind of like a weird, blurry whirlwind of... (laughs) several months that I just, I mean, will not repeat. Zero out of 10, don't recommend. (laughs) Okay, so to kind of touch on the timeline of my relationship again, I've mentioned this before, but 2021, you know, kind of rolled around and it was my year of distancing myself from my abuser. Yes, I said my year. I mean, we're talking probably... February, if not sooner, all the way to October, it took me, you know, learning and um, finding what a trauma bond is, finding what narcissism is, finding the truth that, you know, yes, we both have trauma. Yes, we both have um pretty nasty issues that need to be dealt with and healed and processed and things like that. But the truth is that, you know, I don't use my trauma as an excuse to abuse anyone. And also I can see my trauma um, and am committed to healing. Whereas, you know, I had to realize that the other party just absolutely was not going to admit that they had trauma or admit that they were abusive or, you know, commit to working on getting better, going to therapy, excuse me, going to therapy and actually um, (laughs) healing from that versus, you know, using it as an excuse to be seen as the victim and, you know, all the other fun things that these kinds of people do in therapy. So, August rolls around, and at this point, I am pretty distant. I'm frustrated. I have made a list, which, I don't know, some of you might laugh at and be like, you know, I've had people on my TikTok, of course, there are a lot of people who are just victim blamers right and left, and they're like, well, you're probably, you know, on my birthday video that I mentioned in a lot of episodes, like, you're probably just nagging, and you're always negative, and you're not happy, and blah, 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 so no wonder they weren't you know, good to you. No wonder they just didn't feel appreciated. And I'm like, okay. Um, you know, you get to the point in a relationship where you realize it's just not working. And basically I had told them and I had shared the list with them and was like, Hey, these are the things that I've realized our relationship does not have and never has had. 
And I want to talk to you about them. Like, are these things that we feel like together we could ever have? Or are these things that we need to be honest with ourselves and say, there's no way. There is no way we're ever going to have those things. Never have, never will. And it's time to call it quits. In fact, I'm going to try to find that list really quick and pull it up so I can read it to you. Okay, here it is. Growth as a couple. Healthy communication. Strong connection. Love affection, support, interest in each other's goals, passions, careers, consistency, spontaneity, fun, laughter, safety, trust, vulnerability, overall sustained happiness or relation satisfaction. If you think this is like funny or silly or weird, I'm sorry. Like these are just the things that I sat down and was really reflecting upon at that time. It looks like I sent that um, in late August, which actually looks like it was about two days after we broke up. But I had this list in a note in my phone. Um, Just like I said, just some reflection that I had been doing and was like, really, we've never had any of these things. We don't, we've never really made any progress on these things. It's been two and a half years. What am I still doing here? And When I sent the list originally, they kind of just ignored it. And so finally I was like, hey, let's go sit down somewhere and talk about this. They were aware that I wanted to talk about it. And it had been a while since we'd been able to like spend time together. To be fair, probably neither of us were making time. Um, I say that because I have a kiddo and there was just like a long window of time where, you know, he was around and we're obviously not going to talk about something so serious when he's around. Um, And so we get there, we go to like a rooftop restaurant. It's a nice day, you know, it's August in the P&W and they're just acting completely normal, kind of just doing some small talk. And I'm sitting there just completely quiet, like waiting, like, are they gonna bring this up? Are they going to acknowledge the fact that, you know, they know that I want to talk about our relationship or are, you know, what's going on here? And I, at this point, am not interested in anything they have to say, which might sound terrible to you, but probably if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's one of those, if you know, you know, kind of things. I'm frustrated. I've distanced myself. I'm like, why are we doing small talk when I'm here to like basically address the fact that our relationship is no, has never been viable. And you're just sitting here talking about like, the next steps in your job that you want to do or whatever. I don't even remember what they were saying. And so finally I'm like, all right, so, you know, I want to talk to you about this list. Can we talk about the list? And without saying, you know, let's look at the list. Yes. I know. I I looked at it too. This is going to be hard to talk about, but I think you're right. Nothing like that. They just looked me in the eyes and said, we should just break up then. And so I said, okay. And I actually started crying. I cried like a lot because there was just something in me that knew and understood that this was actually going to happen this time. I didn't know how they were going to act or react or what they were going to do, if they were going to accept this breakup, because as I mentioned before, it usually takes multiple breakups to actually get away But I knew in the depths of my soul that this time it was actually going to happen and it was going to be on me. And so I cried 
I actually just sat there and like I put my sunglasses on and I just like silent cried and tears were pouring out of my eyes and I feel like I was not necessarily grieving the end of the relationship but grieving the reality that this person was never going to change that what I liked about them was their potential not a real person you know it's it's like the loss of a fantasy almost it's not real and um it was very sad to me it was it was just that final acceptance which a lot of times in these relationships you're you're putting it off it's staring you in the face and you're just ignoring it because you're not ready you're not there yet you don't want to accept what you know to be the truth and that's that you again fell in love with or you know, are trauma bonded to the idea of somebody, the idea that they gave you in the beginning when you met them. Okay. So after silent crying for a little bit, and of course, you know, they just sit there and stare at you like nothing's happening. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I walked out to my bike. We rode our bikes there. They followed me. Um, I don't, they said something to me and I remember just saying, I'm sad. I'm really sad. And then I don't want to go home. So, you know, you go ahead home. My son was at home with his dad. Um, so we could go on this little breakup date thing. And, um, I was like, you just go home. You know, they were like, well, it's going to look weird if you don't come with me. And I said, just go home, just act natural. Tell him that I wanted to ride my bike a little bit more and you were too tired or something like that. And I'll be home in a bit. So I went, sat down, had a glass of wine by myself cried. I'm sure that the guy who was working at the bar was like, what the hell is going on here? But I needed to kind of like set myself up for going back home. So I ended up going home and um, they had made a fire like it was just any old normal day. That's something that we did a lot as a quote unquote family was like make fires, sit around the fire, make s'mores with our kiddo, you know, and whatnot. And I didn't feel like going outside. And at the time, we had um, someone else staying with us, kind of like a teenager who wasn't getting along with her parents, and I could totally relate to that, so I was like, hey, you can crash here. I'd rather you not be, like, without a home. And so I stayed inside with her, and we were just sitting inside, and uh, we could hear what was being said outside. Now, keep in mind that my son's dad had no idea that we had just broken up, had no idea that anyone was even, like, feeling off or anything like that. And at first, my ex was just kind of like, you know, kind of like trying to talk to my son's dad about his childhood and why he's closed off. He's a, he's an avoidant person. He's not um, he's not super emotionally available. Neither am I, especially after everything. Um, and so they were kind of trying to bond with him over, you know, why they're closed off, why relationships are hard, and things like that. And I was sitting there like, what's going on? Why is this happening right now after we just broke up? What are they getting at? Why are they trying to bring this kind of conversation up with him? Now, I remember hearing them say, yeah, I don't think I've found the one for me yet. Something like that. Like, yeah, I just haven't found the right partner, blah, blah, blah. Which like, as far as he knows, you know, their girlfriend, their partner is inside the house. The partner that you know, if you know me, I'm very open and honest about this now. I left my marriage, got into this relationship. So he's sitting here like, so the person that, you know, you took from me, essentially, I don't know if he thought this or not, but I'm like, how can you say that to someone? Like, 
you took his wife, you took his kid, you took his, you know, whatever. And you're saying, I still haven't found the one. Like, what a shitty thing to say to someone. And then I heard them say something along the lines of like, you know, yeah, we're just two kind of closed off people doing our best. And Lindsay just expects so much. Basically, I I can't, don't quote me here. I don't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of this bitch crazy. You and I are just honest, like simple people just trying to, trying to have a relationship and holy crap, she's a tyrant. And I can't remember like his response, but cause I like blacked out, but I remember looking at the girl who was staying with us and we were both like, what? And I do not like confrontation. Um, confrontation usually makes me cry. Um, it's just, it's too scary. It requires too much. I don't like it. And so I like open the door <laughs> and I was like, this is so messed up. And of course my son's dad, who's just like innocently just like chilling is like looking at me horrified. Like what the hell's going on? Why is Lindsay mad? Like, I don't understand this. And, um, I said something like, you know, we just broke up and you're sitting out here trying to turn my son's dad against me who like has done his healing has you know, understood his role in the fall of our relationship, understands my role in the fall of our relationship. Like, why are you doing this? And I like started crying and stormed off. And, um, man, not good. (laughs) Not good. I went and just like laid in our bed, like in the dark and cried. I was like mad and sad and just like, what the hell? And do you want to guess which one of them came in and comforted me? Definitely not my abuser, right? I mean, never once comforted me when I cried. If I can, if I remember it, I will go back on my word. I don't remember them comforting me when I was like crying about them. If it was like about my dog or like, I don't know, a tree or something, then sure. But um, so he comes in and he's like, hey, I didn't know that you guys broke up. I had no idea. Like now I'm understanding that this conversation was really appropriate. You know, I, I'm really sorry that that happened and just kind of sat with me for a couple minutes and ended up, you know, going back outside, wrap things up with my abuser who, again, he didn't fully understand what was going on or, you know, the ins and outs of a relationship until three months after I left, you know, came back from my trip that I was on and sat down with him and explained everything to him. But anyway, he ended up going home, um, came in and apologized one more time because just was really thrown off by all of that. And, you know, throughout, just a little side note, throughout the relationship, we did a pretty good job of hiding from him how bad things were. Like, we could be fighting. This is super toxic, y'all. And then he would walk in and everyone was just pretending like everything was fine. Although he did say when I was explaining to him, like, what had gone on that he would know. Like, he could tell that, you know, one of us wasn't in a good mood or, you know, he was like, yeah, I would assume there had just been a fight. But, of course, he was just thinking, you know, people argue. Um whatever. So I go to bed. I don't remember where I slept or how I slept, but my abuser never once came in and apologized. Never once said that was inappropriate. Never once said anything to me. So the next day rolls around. And at this point I am gray rocking. I mentioned gray rocking in a previous episode. And if you don't know what that is, the gray rock method is basically like you make yourself really uninteresting. You don't really react or respond. So when they're talking to you, you just kind of like, mm-hmm, 
stay really quiet. Don't do this if your person is like really reactive or physically violent. Mine was, so it was kind of a risk to do this, but I was just completely like emotionally done at this point. And it was either the next day or the day after they started kind of like approaching me. Like I would be in the shower. So it would be when I was cornered and they would come in and say, why are you being so cold? Why are you so closed off? This is really hurting me. You're shutting me out. You're not letting me be a part of this family. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? But never once said, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. That was really, really crappy of me to like try to turn your son's dad against you. Also, um, hey, I realize that we are broken up. So it kind of makes sense that you're not wanting to, you know, be best friends with me right now. None of that. Um, so it was a pretty yucky time. Okay, so really quick, before I wrap this up, I want to talk about the let's just break up then response. I talked about this on Instagram yesterday because someone had asked me about the actual breakup. I shared the nutshell version of what I just shared here. And then I did another slide talking about that real quick. Let's break up then. This can also look like, you know, go back to your ex then. Go back to to your husband then. Why don't you go somewhere else if it's so bad? Why are you still here if it's so bad? Um, Things like that are said to, one, stonewall you. Stonewalling, you know, shutting down the conversation because they don't like it. Um, they want to control the conversation. They want to limit your ability to communicate. And what this does is it just kind of like disarms you. So what I said was that I came up with a list. I had, you know, I had a list in my hand, y'all. I knew exactly what I was coming in to talk about. I knew what my end goal was, which was to once and for all decide whether this was a viable relationship or not. Obviously, at this time, I already knew it was not viable, but I was still holding on to that little glimmer of hope, which again explains why I cried when they were like, let's break up then. And I was like, yep, we're doing this. Um, But they disarm you because what they want from you is to like, again, shut you down, stop you from talking about this make you forget what you were going to talk about, make you forget what the problem was, make you forget that they're abusing you. Because then if you respond in the way that they want to, you know, they shut down, you get anxious and you start saying, no, I don't want to break up. That's not what I want. You know, that's fine. We can talk about this later. Or I'm sorry that I brought this up. I'm sorry that I'm problematic. I'm causing you an issue. You're uncomfortable now. I'm sorry. And it's a horrible thing to do. Like I said, it's a control tactic. It's definitely abusive. It's not okay. Um, And yes, some people who have poor communication skills and are not narcissists will stonewall too. I mean, shit, we've all had moments where we're like, woo, cannot talk about this right now. I'm shutting down. I'm overwhelmed. And you know what? That's, that's, I want to say normal. I don't even, who knows what normal is, but like, Yes, that does happen, um, but hopefully you can be aware of that and learn to have better communication skills and say, hey, I don't want to stonewall you because that's abusive and horrific. So I would like to take 10, 15 minutes to just sit by myself and do some deep breathing, and then I want to come back and we'll talk about this or something. I don't know. Whatever works. Whatever works to not be stonewalling because, again, it's horrible. 
when you are the victim of stonewalling, like you are just so desperate to be heard and seen and understood. It feels really shitty to have someone just shut you down. Um, man, I should do a whole episode on stonewalling. I did a TikTok about it and it was <laughs> kind of funny. Like I had fun making it and acting like a little baby storming off um, in my car. I kind of like laugh when I see that one, but it's also very hard to make because it's triggering. It was triggering to make that. But anyway, um, I'm going to stop um, babbling on about the stonewalling tactic, but I just really wanted to highlight and point that out that when you are talking to someone about an issue in your relationship and they're shutting you down with things like, you know, can't be that bad because you're still here or why don't you go find someone else then or let's just break up. Let's just be done. I'm done. You're done. Whatever. That's um, definitely a tactic. It's not okay. It's not okay. Okay, I'm going to add one more quick thing to this. Um, I don't know if y'all know this, but I always go back and listen to my podcast before I publish it just to make sure it was all clear. I didn't miss anything important. And one really important aspect of the let's just break up then response that you get when you're bringing up something serious in these kinds of relationships is the key element of them later saying they were just bluffing. So when I, you know, finally after I told you about how they would come in while I was in the shower and I would just kind of gray rock and just like, whatever, listen to them when they had me cornered. When I finally said, we broke up. I don't know what you want from me. I'm just trying to get by. They said, we didn't break up. You know, they would say things like, we didn't break up. I was bluffing. I don't really want to break up. I just didn't know, you know, X, Y, Z. didn't know how to blah, 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 blah. And that's the really important part of it is because it literally proves to you that they were just saying that to shut you up, to disarm you, to steer clear from the conversation, to remove any accountability from their own, you know, self or whatever. And to just continue acting like nothing ever happened. That pretty much does it for what I can remember of that specific day in terms of the actual breakup, which again, if you go back and listen to the episode from last week, I talk about what I call no man's land, which was the time between breaking up and actually going no contact. So that's when I kind of did these backwards, but that's when that time um, began of still living together you know, being told we should still raise the kid together, have, you know, share the dogs, live together, blah, blah, blah. Listen to that episode again if you want to know more about that time. Very yucky, not fun. Um, It's uncomfortable. You're still being abused during this time. You're not free yet. So I um, hope, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. I hope that this was helpful to you in terms of maybe feeling validated if you went through something similar to this. I hope that, you know, if you're not in this boat, that you can be aware and understand and support someone if they are going through this. Um, I hope that it was helpful in whatever way you needed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you like this, please rate, review, subscribe my podcast. I really want to get this into the ears of the people who need it the most. And, you know, each and every one of your reviews and things like that do really help 
my podcast, like I said, to grow. Also, if you want more from me, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the Lindsay Goodman, or you can go to my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. Stay tuned for whatever I decide to talk about next week. Thank you all so much. I really do appreciate you.